Welcome to Asa Abloy's Security Perspectives podcast. In today's complex world, it takes a village to ensure the safety, security, and health of a facility. In each episode, we'll speak with industry experts about their point of view on the latest trends, technologies, and topics impacting the security industry. If you want to broaden your perspective on physical security, this podcast will give you the insight you're looking for. Joining me today is uh, Joe Wanaka from Pueblo Community College. Welcome, welcome, Joe. Thanks, Jeremy. So, um, where'd you go to school, Joe? Went to school at uh, University of Colorado, Boulder. Uh, did an undergrad for um, biology and uh, economics, also uh, business management. And then I've also pursued an executive MBA and MPA at the University of Colorado. Colorado. You are an educated man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm currently, uh, I kind of feel your pain a little bit as I'm, I'm currently going through my MBA as, as well. Um, so I, I definitely understand the, the pressures of that uh, on your current job. So how, you, how are you uh, managing that, that process? Uh, just get in there and, you know, do the daily grind and then uh, fill the evenings with lots of textbook and, <laughs> and paper writing and, and get after it. So currently uh, working on my Ph.D. Uh, in uh, business management with an emphasis in finance over at the University of Denver. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I'm not quite sure how you find the time, Joe, to be honest. That's 24 hours in a day. There's 24 hours in a day. So, uh, you know, obviously you've been in school for, for quite some time. So what's your favorite 2 a.m. snack while you're up studying? Oh, good old Rocky Road ice cream, maybe Oreos and milk. <laughs> Farm boy. So but the dairy products are definitely a liking. Yeah, but believe it or not, uh, um, I used to sell... Now that I'm with Asa Abloy and, and selling uh, different products here, but I used to sell into dairies uh, that manufacture milk. So used to sell milk crates, believe it or not, back back in the day. So, um, but uh, what's your favorite football football team? Oh, the University of Colorado, of course. Okay, I'm a uh, probably for the Michigan fans out there. They're not going to want to remember uh, Cordell Stewart. Uh, I'm a huge Steeler fan as well, and so I'm, I'm sure. You, were you at that game? No, no, you weren't. Okay, you're probably in school. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what was your best experience uh, from college? Um, I think the the knowledge, the interaction with the professors and our uh, students, um, just learning. Um, it's a wealth of knowledge and an opportunity. So, um, and again, professional student, I guess somebody may say so. <laughs> How of um, you know when when you start looking at your your role from from being a, a college student to to role you're in now. How did give us a little bit of a, a background on uh, how you're you know currently in the in your current role? Sure, been in operations for about 28 years. Started off as working for the local school school district, uh, part time janitor. Um, then moved into the grounds operation, more back over to custodial, then uh, warehouse logistics. Um, then custodial management, outdoor services management, and now the director of facilities. So, uh, just kind of a well-rounded individual. Mm. Yeah, I'm start. I'm starting to see that trend on our episode one with with Steve Goodman from BYU. He also started out uh, as a as a part-time uh, employee with uh, the police department. So, congratulations to you on your on your journey to to being director of facilities at at Pueblo. So that's quite a, quite an accomplishment. So. Um, how have things changed at your campus during during your tenure there? If you wouldn't mind sharing how long you've been in the role, and then what have you know what's changed uh, on your watch? Uh, let's see, five years, uh, August of 2022, and uh, the things that have changed just has been the awareness of the security measures that are necessary. Um, 
we do want to make sure that the campus is an inviting and welcoming place, but also we need to be proactive in the measurements of security and, and uh, threat, threat assessment. So just utilizing the appropriate funding to um, do some controlled access and make sure that um, the product is, uh, is very robust. Now you mentioned funding, uh, Joe. I think that, you know, for the listeners out there, that's always something that uh, is, uh, piques their interest. Would you be able to share, I mean, in terms of how you've been able to secure funding to do different security threat assessment projects on, on campus? Sure. So we utilize uh, state appropriations through the state of Colorado. And then also there's some grants appropriated um, that you can apply for and, and uh, against th threat assessment and also security enhancements. So. Mm -hmm. Dur during your threat assessments, is that something that you are doing or are you using a third-party consultant? We use the our chief of police and our system office um, emergency coordinator um, they're well versed in it and again they do a lot of tabletop exercises uh, bring in the the partners um, our local sheriff the state patrol and uh, really give a robust and comprehensive uh, response uh, first responder uh, dialogue mm -hmm. which is which is very useful um, many of our staff members are um, EMT trained on top of it. So not only are you getting a police officer, but you're also getting that paramedic slash EMT. Okay. So, so what, you know, when you, when you start looking at threat assessments, um, how has that changed? I mean, I'm sure you've been doing threat assessments. Uh, is that something you do each year or every five years or how, how frequent are those? Currently they're performing them annually. Okay. Um, the partnerships um, within the local uh, community, they really thrive on it because it's an, it's an opportunity for that partner then to come on campus and do the active drills and go through the motion. They get to be very familiar with the, the institution. The, so instead of responding there and being reactive, they're being more proactive. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, with all the, I can imagine what you would uh, glean from a, 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 a threat assessment, but what is your biggest challenge today on campus in terms of, of safety and security? I think just being able to communicate to our end users that um, enhancements to the campus have been made and it's for their well-being and um, effectiveness overall, but then also just making sure that um, the users know how to implement and utilize the technology uh, or the, the hardware and uh, make it effective. Yeah, yeah, Joe, that's a that's a that's a good point about um, you know kind of the buy-in or adoption um, you know from from your students. Um, have you have you seen um, the Big Brother effect kind of diminish on campus, or do you still feel like you know why do I got to use a card or what's this video camera doing here? Do you still feel like that exists today, or or is you know the students and staff kind of getting used to that? Our students and staff have really adopted it again through uh, open dialogue. Uh, transparency, uh, forward action, and uh, communication among the, the the staff and students ahead of the project. So that was really imp uh, instrumental. And uh, they see, you know, with a couple dialogues, they see the bigger picture, which okay. is very nice. Now, where do you see campus security and access control, you know, five years down the road, if you were to look out uh, in a, from a futuristic aspect? Well, I definitely think that uh, between Bluetooth technology, um, near-field communication enhancements, you know, sp individuals with their smartphones, that's the new wave. I mean, the old card system, you know, we went from a mag swipe to uh, now to uh, Bluetooth technology. I mean, it's, it's coming. Okay. Nobody leaves home without that phone. <laughs> so they'll leave home without the books, the laptop, every other component. But 
Um, when it comes down to that phone, they'll have that phone with them. So. Has Pueblo made the uh, migration from Mag, Mag to, to BLE? Uh, we are at BLE currently. Oh, you are? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Okay. Um, any advice for, for your peers um, or people new to this field as, as a part-time custodian, uh, now director of facilities getting his PhD? Uh, you know, what, what's your roadmap to your success and, and, and what kind of advice would you give to your peers? I would say, you know, collaboration with uh, industry partners, uh, the community, hard work, um, and just a, a real steadfast approach. Uh, be focused and uh, determined. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my, my closing comments, uh, you know, besides the current job that you're in, what's, what's your dream job? Mm. <laughs> you know, here in the next few years, I'd like to take on additional leadership responsibilities that may include anything from a chief operating officer, vice president of operations, maybe all the way to governor someday. So. Okay, so not a, not a, not a um, raising a ranch like Steve from, no. from BYU. So you want to stay, you want to stay in the, uh, in the campus environment. So that's great. Well, thank you for your, your time today and insights into, into Pueblo Community College and, and also yourself. So we, uh, we appreciate you joining the podcast. Great. Thank you. Yeah.